Hello and welcome to the BX Basketball Podcast Mother's Day edition. Happy Mother's Day to all the Mother's Days, all the Mother's Days, all the mothers out there. <laughs> um, you know, I'm Nick Ingrid here with Christian Okai. <laughs> we'll have Paul on the next one when I assume the Celtic season will be over by then. Um, so, if you had told me with four games left in the season that the New York Knicks would be three games ahead of the Boston Celtics, I would have laughed at you. I would have been like, no way it can be that bad. And also, there's no way the Knicks are that good. How dare you? It's all my <laughs> yeah. Well, and what has been a truly bizarre, ridiculous, insane, bananas, absurd season. Here we are. The the Celtics' chances of getting to the 4-5 or are barring a miracle considering Bradley Beal's out. Um, basically dead. That, that should be it for them. Um, sounds like for them, the best case is going to be the sixth seed. Even that's a stretch. They'd have to beat. They have to beat Miami in the next game if they even want that. And I'm not even sure they should. Because it looks like more likely than not, the Nets are going to be um, the Nets are going to be the number three, three seed. seed. But but who knows? Knowing our season, when I say it's Murphy's Law and everything that can't go wrong will go wrong. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure the Nets will slip to, or get up to two, and they'll sweep us. But for now, Christian coming off a massive win against the Clippers, What, which, for the five listeners of this podcast, uh, who didn't know, I told Christian in the third quarter, when the Knicks were up nine, that the game was over. He laughed at me. I said, you got to accept it, man. Your team, when it has a certain lead, the game is over. The Knicks defense is too good. It's just too good. The, the Knicks the Knicks excel so much in a season like this. I'm just going to say, I'm, before I turn it to you, because they just care more. It's really, that's, it, it, that's, it's not just, you know, making shots and playing defense. A lot of the times, it just comes down to that. You know, it just comes down to the Knicks, who, like you said, and no Burks, no Manuel quickly. They're too arguably outside of D-Rose best bench scores, still go into L.A. and do it. Um, Christian, we didn't think we'd be at this point. <laughs> go ahead. Describe just the emotions of this stretch this past in these past few hours. Uh, <laughs> um, well... The cliche here would be words can't describe how I'm feeling <laughs> because this has just been the most insane season I think I think most Knicks fans have had in years, obviously. Um, but dude, listen, you're not the only person who. But if it, if you told me that at this point when the season began that the Knicks would be the fourth seed, I would have laughed at your face too because <laughs> I didn't think they were gonna win. I thought their ceiling, Nick. It was like 25 wins, and I thought that was like Tibbs is gonna do everything right. We're in the fucking playoff mix, playing legit, really important basketball, dude. It's been so long. I can't emphasize how much I yeah. love this team. 
The old, the, I would say the, the only team I would say that is currently achieving about what the Knicks are uh, that has suffered to a certain extent like that in the past decade has been the Suns. But even the Suns haven't suffered like the Knicks have, obviously, before this. No, because you know what? The Suns had the Suns had Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire for a decade. That they were at least fun to watch. We had yeah. Carmelo for like we had Carmelo for six years. Three of those years, he had fucking Cole Aldridge and Sasha Vujicic and uh, Alexi Shvez as his running mates. Like, we never have, <laughs> have a good team around Melo. And after that, it was a complete debacle with Porzingis, and then he wanted out. And then you know, I don't blame him. I still hate him, but but. It's been, dude, and I've texted you this hundreds of times, probably. The suffering, that not just me, but the suffering that Knicks fans have gone through, man, because it's so hard. It was so hard to watch this fucking team for a decade plus now just suck, be a joke, never have a star player that you really believed in, drafting the wrong young guys. If they did have young guys, they'd immediately trade them for veterans like a Derrick Rose who ends up leaving the team because it was a dysfunctional organization. Uh, James Dolan doing terrible things to ruin the name. There's just so many things. And obviously, this team is not a championship contender, in my opinion, obviously. But the fact that I'm even going to get a chance to see playoff basketball with this fucking team, it makes me so happy, dude. Like, I can't explain to you. I will never forget this team because... Are we going to get a superstar in the offseason? I don't fucking know. Are we going to win a championship? I don't know. But what I feel is we're in the right place to finally turn things around. And it's because a guy like a fucking Julius Randle, who every single game last year, I cannot emphasize this, he was booed out of the building every single game last year because he was turning the ball over, putting too much pressure on himself. You name it. It was terrible for him. He's getting fucking MVP chance in opponents' arenas, dude. That's how that's how much I love Julius Randle now. And I respect the shit out of him for going to the offseason, knowing he needed to change his game, knowing he needed to bust his ass and work, and he did it. And I love players like Julius Randle. I love players like RJ Barrett because again, third overall pick, everybody was passing on him. They said Ja is better, Zion is better. And are those guys probably better than him? Yeah, but look at RJ fucking Barrett. Busted his ass in the offseason again. Worked on his fucking game. He's a better shooter now. He's a beast on defense. Way he's better fucking... shooter. Not even Absolutely. a... Like, like, yes. It's like a scary difference from last it's, year. It's insane. And he's fucking 20 years old, dude. And you saw he doesn't back down to good players. He fucking went right up against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And I'm not going to say he locked him down, but he busted his ass today. That's why I love RJ Barrett. I love Julius Randle. I love everybody on this fucking team. And Nick, I told you this before. The 2016 season was when we traded for Derrick Rose. He was what Terry Rozier was to you. I hated him. <laughs> Absolutely. He didn't care. He didn't care. He was selfish. He was a dickhead. He left the team. All those things. I can't believe what a turnaround this man has made. And it's not just what he's done for the team offensively or defensively. Look at the veteran leadership he's provided. I mean, Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly love this guy because he cares about them. He's trying to help him get better. Taj Gibson, unbelievable signing that we made in January. And because who knew Mitch was going to get hurt? Yeah, and and who that, that's just just take a step back and like the thing that's even more crazy about all this is you don't even have Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> like right, and dude, you know what's a crazy stat? Since he's been hurt, we're twenty eighth in offensive rebounds, and we're still winning games. That's, that's crazy. unbelievable. 
Listen, that is... everybody, dude, everybody on this team, Burks, Obi, Norvell, even Norvell, everybody on this team, I love because they because they're the quintessential New York team, man. They bust their ass on defense. Listen, are they outmanned and outgunned every game? Yes. Do they give a fuck? No. Because they know if you play good defense and you care, like you said, you can be in any game. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, we got blown out by the Suns and the, and the Nuggets the other two games. But every other game this year has been close. We fought against Philly. We fought against Brooklyn. We've even fought against Phoenix. Same thing with the Lakers and Clippers. Like, obviously, I... I, I Oh my god, dude! It's just so refreshing to see good basketball, man. I've waited so long, and again, yeah, are we, are we a championship contender? No, and I keep imploring to Knicks fans, like, listen, because I saw people getting pissed yesterday or the day before that we lost to the Suns. We're, like, this is just an unbelievable season, dude. Yeah, like, let's not get carried away, okay? Be happy with what we have. I love this team, mm-hmm. bro. And like I no. said, we're not gonna win, but still. This is you know the what? right right start, right foundation. We're doing the right thing, man. This this team reminds me a lot. I, I said this before, but I said the 2015-16 Boston Celtics. And I know I'm saying that as a Celtics fan, but that team mm-hmm. was 48-34. and 34. I mean, they weren't expected to be as bad as the Knicks were expected to be, but they were expected to be like an eight seed. And they were the four. They're tied for the four. And there was a toughness about that team. That was the team that had Isaiah, Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, Solinger. Right. Um, we had David Lee, who was so bad that we just cut him. Uh, <laughs> we, I, who I'm forgetting guys on that team to Drebko. Um, and there oh was just, there was, there, listen, they were kind of a clowny team, you know, like they were, they're a little bit like full of themselves, but it, it, it was a right. good way. And, and the Knicks are not, not very much a clowny team like that team was, but they're just so tough. Like I keep, I keep telling fans that think like oh come back on the Knicks like you just can't like you just like there's a certain point of the game that the Knicks like the Knicks just get so energized by effort and that no no other team in the league is as energized by effort besides to me the Suns the Suns are the only team I've seen this year and you saw it against the Knicks yeah like they 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 come they, they they just have more talent than the Knicks that's really the difference there but they have yeah. the exact same mentality. Like when the Suns were down, I was kind of doubting if they could come back. But they did because they just have no fear. Same with the Knicks. The Knicks just don't care who they're facing. And in the last like two months since the Knicks and Celtics played each other, we were both like, like these teams suck. The Celtics have continued to suck, although they had a brief stretch where they didn't. And the Knicks have just gone up and up. Um, so... I just I I just want to say a few things quick. Um, the Derrick Rose trade was the best trade any team made this season. Absolutely. I don't think I don't think there's a debate. I mean, is there anything close? I can't even think of Rondo to the Clippers, maybe. But Aaron like Gordon, Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. Uh, Aaron, <laughs> even even he hasn't. Yeah, like I mean, they've been better, but like since Murray went down, he hasn't been the same. But yeah, that that trade could have been if Murray hadn't got hurt. Um, but dude, we're twenty-two and nine when Derrick Rose plays. Yeah, twenty-two Knicks, and nine. The the Knicks are borderline elite when he plays. That's just nuts. Like the Knicks would be like with a twenty-two and nine record. I think last year they would have been like the two seed. So just think of it that way. If Derrick Rose, it's just 
and remember, you and me before the season were not huge on the tip tire. We were so yeah. wrong. He is the Absolute perfect dude. coach for this team. He oh. has done absolutely everything out of this team. I, I don't think I've, like I said, dude, I don't care what Quinn Snyder and Monty, Monty Williams has done a great job. Quinn Snyder's done but a great got, job. But they have stars on their yeah, team. Dude. I, we I, have Julius Randle. Tibbs is coach of the year, dude. It's not even a debate yeah. to me. It's not even a no. debate. No. It, like, you know I, I, go ahead, sorry. I'm sorry, and you know what else? We Julius Randle needs to be an All NBA team player, and he also needs to get some MVP votes. Absolutely. Yeah. He's not gonna win, but he needs some votes, man. Like, come on, dude. I I don't disagree. Um. So, it, it's just it's just really simple. It's it's just the Knicks. We talked about this season. There's been a few things about this season, right? Offense is up, defense is down. Mm-hmm. A lot of injuries, less effort, and mm-hmm. the Knicks' style was so fit for this season because they do things other teams don't, and that is just they play so hard. They play so much harder than any team they face because they're willing to. Other teams are not. The Knicks, uh, it, 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 along with imp- got huge improvements from Randall. Barrett, um, they got bigger than expected production from guys like Quickly, Derrick Rose. Um, Burks, Noel. Yeah, Burks. No, Nerlens Noel was like a clown in the league for like five, six years. Like I remember he was, when he was, he was pretty in, solid in OKC, though, honestly. I yeah, but that was like one year. Like like in mm-hmm. Dallas, I remember him being hurt yeah. and like wandering into the media room to get a hot dog. Like like the dude was clown and rightfully so and i'm saying this as a dude from uh everett massachusetts uh but are the guys from Everett mass but it's just there are some teams that you watch and i you just know they work and i watch the knicks every time i watch them I'm like yeah this team just works they just work they pieces fit into place they just know what to do it sometimes it's just as simple as that with basketball Right, it's just yeah. the team works. Simple as that. They they could eat. I I would expect the Knicks to beat the Lakers and finish in the four or five. I'd be pretty surprised if they don't. Um, I hope so, so yeah. but we'll see. Because the, the Lakers, you know, their their season is reeling, and yeah, they really they really need a win. But Nick, I want to say something else about Tibbs too, honestly. And I also want to mention Alfred Payton because he gets. Let me just say the first thing about Alfred Payton. Like fans give him slack for being terrible as their starting point guard. However, in his role of playing solid defense and just, you know, playing, he had decent minutes. He's not getting starting minutes. He's our starter, but he's not getting starting minutes. He does a serviceable job. Like, he's not the worst player in the world. He's not the best, but he's also important to the team because he actually tries hard on defense. And for Tibbs, because, you know, I've seen mad people hate on Payton. I'm like, chill out, bro. Like, He's he's doing decently. Like, let's not hate on Alfred Payton, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> but but for Tibbs, you know, a lot of coaches when they get fired from one team or one organization, they take a break and then they come and sign with another team and they've said all these things about how they've changed their style and they're adapting. And it doesn't happen. They're basically the same coach. Tibbs, I think, has really changed his style because he. Like, look at what Randall said the other day about on ESPN. He he said that like I, I would I wouldn't want to go to war with any other coach but Tibbs. And even Tibbs has given them like days off. Like when would <laughs> Tibbs when would Tibbs ever do that? 
Never with the and ball. You, and, and you could see that, like, you can see that he just – there's just something about him, man. Like, you can tell I think he's really changed. I think he's really adapted. And you're right, man. He has to be coach of the year because – Oh, yeah. No question. Because the, 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 our starting five consists of Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, and Herlin Salau. And we're in fourth place in the Eastern Scottish. Unbelievable. <laughs> Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock was amazing, so – bad last year every time i watched him i was like this dude is like the worst player <laughs> like dude I, he's it's just startling how like it just you watch it's just crazy it, the difference is just crazy and and it really is from that celtics game on since that game the knicks have been in my opinion like the second or third best team in the nba i would put them about that because they just it, it feels like they just can't lose like they lose to the Suns, they lost once to the Nuggets. That's it. Like they just don't lose to anybody else. They lose to elite teams. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> like, I mean, listen, we're competitive against them. You know? Yeah, like exactly. So, like, what do you want us to do? <laughs> it's just, it's just a really special Knicks team. And but it, the only problem I would say from this year is Derrick Rose has played so well. That it's yeah. gone to a point where Knicks fans should almost worry about retaining him and what it's going to cost because the way he has played this season, who wouldn't want to pay him in the off? I mean, I know this could be just a Tibbs thing, but the guy looks like an all star, like he does, dude. He now I've I've told my sister watches the games with me all the time, and every time he makes a jump shot, I turn around to her and I say, dude, if he had this jump shot in his early in his career, he would have been unguardable, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's just no, unbelievable. It's you, you, and you know what's crazy, Nick? Like, today's game, for instance, he had Patrick Beverly on him. A lot of younger guards, and Mark Jackson said this, a lot of younger guards would have struggled against Beverly with his physicality, how he reaches in. Derrick Rose just methodically and slowly just calmed the game down and was still able to elude Pat and get some passes out of the, out of the corners to open shooters. Like, his presence is so important because he's He's been the lead point guard on really good teams. Like, people forget, they were a 60-win team in his MVP season. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's been there. He's done that. You know, uh, so I think really, like, as a Knicks fan, like, as a, it felt like a, how I felt as a Celtics fan in the beginning of the rebuild. Like, there's so much excitement now. You, it, I, I doubt there's going to – I can't really think of a star that's going to be available. Maybe Towns. That's the – best case scenario i don't think anybody else i mean you never really know with this no one thought james harden was going to be available last offseason but i mean the one guy the one guy i would say is Kawhi, but i doubt he leaves the clippers yeah i still think like Kawhi left a champion for the clippers so that would be a pretty big you know heel turn to say you know what i'm out it was a bad move i mean we i mean you and me agreed on that he shouldn't have left for the clippers since he's been to the clippers He's kind of been – I kind of said this. So he hasn't been the same player. But um, I mean, we can talk about the Clippers all we want. They're still an elite team, and they still have a chance to win the title, but I just don't believe in them. No, um, I don't think so. All right. So is that all you wanted to touch on, or did I forget uh, anything else? I mean, I know you – after a win like this, you could go forever, but – I'm Listen, man, even if we lose in the first round and get swept, I don't give a fuck. I'm happy that we're even in the playoffs, dude. Like, this, yeah. this season – I'm just hoping nobody gets injured like significantly, mm-hmm. and I want—I just want to see what the young guys do in the playoffs, man. I'm just so excited, bro. The and, garden is going to be incredibly loud. Fifty percent capacity. It's going to be—it's going to be packed. 
It's it's gonna be they're they're gonna be fighting people to make it you know seventy seventy five. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait, dude. And and to, and now we'll transition to your team. And I just want right. to apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. So I'm so despondent right now about this team. Um. Wait, Dick. Before you say anything, can I just say because you know you were yeah, out today. On. You you were out today with your mother. You know, enjoying dinner with her or lunch. Yeah. I was watching the game. And <laughs> listen, listen, I don't want to root for Boston. You know, obviously, New York, Boston, yeah. we hate each other. Yeah. I was rooting for you guys, though, because Miami, if you beat them, they would have definitely been relegated to the seventh seed. I had to turn the game off with about, like, five minutes because your team was pissing me off of how bad they were playing. Like, it was upsetting me. And I can't yeah. imagine, I can't imagine being an actual Celtics fan and watching that team play. I would be pissed if I had to watch them. They stink and no offense to your team bro but no no go in as hard as possible go in you guys you guys are literally i'm sorry i texted you this too after they lost i said you guys don't even deserve to be in the playoffs we don't yeah exactly you you should be in the play in (laughs) yeah no deserve it i almost hope they are because one of two things is going to happen but i hope they'll play the bucks i doubt it no i mean like i said to open up really on this i'm just going to say it just what I've told you a million times, but it is what it is. Murphy's Law is defined as what can go wrong will go wrong, right? That's what mm-hmm. it is. That is the Celtics season. There's just no other way to say it. What can go wrong for this team will go wrong. And even before I talk about the game, if Robert Williams is going to be out with this turf toe thing, I mean, that's the season right there. Because without Robert Williams, we're just a terrible team. I mean, we're, yeah. we're, I mean, we're terrible. I mean, like... So, He's about to start you know, people. Yeah. <laughs> let me just say a few things. I feel bad for Evan Fournier for coming into such a dumpster fire. And I really hope he stays because he doesn't deserve this, dude. This was the, this is the most talented team he's ever played on. And yet they're playing exact about as well as the Orlando magic I've played all season. Like, like they, this team is just I I I don't have words. Words, words can yeah, words, words can cannot describe this team. We talked about 1819, right? How bad that season was. I still looked forward to games because I'm an idiot. Why? Because I believed that team just because they had so much talent would just figure it out. You know, someday would figure it out. This team just feels like dead. Like it just feels like. And you want to know what? I'm gonna start from day one, okay? Mm-hmm. Day one. The Celtics in the off season. Remember, we were doing our off season podcast, and I said losing Gordon Hayward is going to hurt this team. You guys were like, "Nah, they'll be." You and Paul were like, "Nah, they'll be fine." And I don't blame you for thinking that way. They made the Eastern Conference Finals basically without him. But yeah, it it's has a huge loss. It's, it's a huge loss and honestly way too big a loss. Way, way too big a loss. And honestly, it took them 60, 70% of the season to have a guy that can replace him in Evan Fournier. And Evan Fournier, outside of the COVID game and that like bad start, has been great. 
Like he's been, mm -hmm. he's done exactly what we, what did, what did he do wrong in this game today? Nothing. He had 30, like he played 30. He was competing on defense. Like he cares. Another thing too, our draft, it took me Smith a long time, but if these two guys keep playing like this, are really good players. Aaron Neesmith could be McCall Bridges, you know, a guy who's long-armed, hustle plays, defense, mm -hmm. three-point mm -hmm. shooting. If that's his ceiling, it's a great pick. Payne Pritchard has been very good from day one. He was playing out of his mind early in the season. And and I'm, I'm going to get to a point on the earlier in the season thing in a second. But mm -hmm. um, but that knee, he had a knee injury that kind of fucked him up for a little bit the MCL and he hasn't totally been consistent since then, but when he's been good, he's been good. Point is you trust him. You know, you trust that years from now, Peyton Pritchard is going to be a good NBA player, good solid NBA player that you want on your team. I've got no other positives left. Maybe Robert <laughs> Williams is <laughs> Robert Williams is uh, progression, I guess. Jason Tatum has been really good for the most part. Jalen Brown has been really good for the most part. This franchise needs a culture reset. And I don't know what that means. It could have mean firing both Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens. It could mean firing one. It could mean firing the other. I'm going to start with Danny, who I think is most at fault for this season. And in my opinion, he's complete. I keep saying this again and again, uh, Christian, mm -hmm. but the word I think of with them is not dumb. It is not that they're stupid. They're not stupid. They're arrogant. They're so yeah. arrogant. Like this, this franchise is so arrogant. They basically, they come off the conference finals, right? You lose to Miami. Mm -hmm. All right. It sucks, but it's a good season. I told you, Christian, after that season, what did I say? The same exact things you're saying now, I was saying last season. They compete every night. They're small, but they're tough. They made the Heat earn it. You know, they didn't, they weren't like the Bucks who just fell over and died. <laughs> like, like, they made the Heat earn that series. The Celtics lost that series because they didn't execute. You know, that is something you can live with more than effort. Danny, after this season, did not prepare well at all. He had said he had some idea Hayward wanted to go. He clearly didn't think he was going to because of that player option. But when he did, all he could get was the trade exception. I'm not saying Fournier is a bad player. I want to keep him. I mean, you saw it today. He's good. He's a pretty good fit here. But... It's just, it it, it, it it took them 60, 70% of the season, you know? And I'm not right. saying Miles Turner would have fixed this team either. I don't think he would have. I don't think Miles Turner's the difference between this team and the four seed. I don't. I think Miles Turner would have helped. I think, you know, Robert Williams is a little worse than him, maybe around the same level. Uh, he, he, but he's hurt too. He's hurt too now. Look at the Pacers. They stink as well. Um, it's like I said, dude, this team needs a culture reset and now the tax is going to kick in. Um, 
I'm going to just go. Danny completely was completely arrogant. He didn't replace Hayward at all. We used the mid-level exception on Tristan Thompson, who has had his moments here. I'm not saying he's never been good. He has had moments where he has been good, but he has a terrible attitude. I'm sorry. The guy has a terrible fucking attitude because remember what he said after that Knicks game, Christian, and I sent it to you, and I was furious. And what he said was, the regular season doesn't matter. We'll be fine. Matchups, you know, that's what matters in the playoffs. That's when it matters. But he's like, well, with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, you know, we suck at the regular season at times. We don't have LeBron! (laughs) We don't have LeBron James! We have Jason Tatum! I don't wait, Nick. I texted you this. I said, I said that uh, he's he's more he has more problems staying loyal than being a good basketball player. He is he has got a terrible attitude, and I feel like his attitude is the entire locker room. They just don't care. They're like, let's just get to the playoffs because the because three of the last four years they went in the playoff gang, gang bu- playoffs gangbusters and took the you know the whole thing by storm. Last year's team, believe me, they they caused they got on my nerves sometimes. I'm not gonna act like they never did, but it, it's the same feeling you have, Christian. It's I just kind of felt like, man, this team just finds. Well, I keep I keep watching that Bucks run last year. We had a 13-0 run in Boston. This is coming right. off when the Bucks beat us in five, which was which was basically a sweep outside of the first game. And look, look at the Bucks' faces in that run. They were completely fucking shell-shocked. They, yeah. they were so stunned at how much tougher we were than from the previous year. And that game, I knew. I, was, I, I remember like telling everybody after that game, yeah, this team's good. You know, there's just no, like, this team clearly has it. I don't know what it is. And we started ten and one. A huge part of that was we were playing bad teams, but that's still impressive, you know. Like it's still you got to beat the bad teams, though. Yeah, exactly. And we want to talk about beating bad teams. This team is so bad at it, like, dude. And that's what costs them. That's why they're going to be a playing team, you know. That's why it's going to happen. The only way they're not a playing team now is I'm not even thinking about the Knicks. I'm not even thinking about the Hawks anymore. I'm thinking about the Heat. We have, if we beat the Heat tomorrow or two days from now. And then uh, the Heat choke it because they do have Milwaukee. Uh, yes, it's possible. But your best case scenario is the sixth seed. And who would that be more likely than not? The Nets. Like, it's. Yikes, it's, basically. Yeah, like, it, I mean, it could be the Bucks if they don't care down the stretch and just lose a game. Very that's possible. Tough, but that's, this, tough, that's still a tough matchup for you guys, though. It, 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 it's like. I don't know what's wrong with this team sometimes. I just, I, 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 you look at the, the small things and they're good. Neesmith and Pritchard coming along, Evan Fournier coming along, Jason Tatum putting up huge numbers and Jalen Brown putting up huge numbers. Um, and the one thing we can always point to, and yes, I know it matters. I don't want to make this excuses, these excuse, this excuse, but they haven't had a fully healthy rotation the entire season. Yes, I understand that. Today they didn't have Jalen Brown. Um, and you've seen that when there's a guy out like that this year. They're basically hopeless. And um, Well, you know what, Nick? That's, but, an, indictment, but that's an indictment a, on Danny Ainge. It totally is. It, it's, we don't have depth. We don't. 
The fact that we're playing Grant Williams at this point of the season with how far he has regressed. Last year, go back to the podcast I had. I kept talking about how great he was. I I kept talking about how much I fucking loved him. I was like, this guy comes in, high defensive IQ, makes so many big plays, and, you know, doesn't hurt you offensively, doesn't because he doesn't really shoot, so it's fine. And and I was like, dude, this guy's awesome. This guy just is all over the court. What happened? Like, uh, he gained weight. That's all I can see. But he is, like, the worst player in the league. <laughs> like Worse than uh, Semi. <laughs> yeah. Chevy's the only one. The only fucking one. And, you know, this offseason started badly. I think the minute Tommy Heinsohn passed, you know, RIP is saying that again. Who's right, right. Celtics legend forever. I mean, biggest homer of all time. But that's why we loved him. I mean, other fans hated him, which they should. I mean, he's the biggest homer of all time. But it's just the truth is, dude, I can't – sometimes I know what it is and sometimes I don't, you know. I mean, you can talk all you want about the little things, guys out, defense bad, whatever. At some point, it's about pride and effort. I mean, down 79 to 53 at halftime. Oh my God! Seventy in the biggest game of the season. The biggest game of the season. They were down seventy. They gave up almost eighty points in the first half. It's almost shocking how bad they are. And honestly, I've never said this before. Not even eighteen, nineteen. I might be at a point where I can't wait till this year's over. I mean, I, I, I just, it's like you said, they're an unbearable team to watch. They just don't know. Christian, I would love to do a game where you count how many open threes the Knicks give up versus how many open threes the Celtics do. We, listen, we, we give up open threes. It's just that we actually contest hard when we go over there. You guys yeah. don't. We just jog. Yeah, I, I, there, I, was, I, there was one play last game against the Bulls. I, I think it was Tatum and Smart Trav Boost, and he passed it to Levine, who was – no, Temple was wide open in the corner, and Tatum and Smart just looked at each other instead of going to contest them. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? You can't just leave yeah. a guy open like that. It's just two guys. How many? I've seen that forty thousand times this year. Two guys run to one, give up the open three, and like I said, real in reality, if you look at it, you want to know why they're so low in the standings. It's not because they can't beat comparable teams. Comparable teams, they're generally okay against. It's bad teams. I mean, this team has lost to Cleveland, the Kings twice, the Pistons twice, the Bulls twice, like the Oklahoma the City. Thunder. Who lost 15 in a row, right? Yep. They like, oh. 14. Like, they are not trying to win. They were on a back-to-back. The Celtics, I get it. They didn't have Tatum or Kemba. But our depth, our depth is so bad, we couldn't beat the Thunder on a back-to-back at home without them. This is a disaster. There's no other way to say it. I mean, they it, the clock is ticking on Tatum and Brown. Luckily, these guys seem fairly loyal. Who knows how long they're going to be loyal, though, if you don't change things. And I don't know what, what change you need. 
I don't know what it's going to be. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I. It could be changing the coach. It could be changing the GM. It could be changing both. I really don't know, but at very least, I'm. if you go just player by player, I mean, Kemba Walker has scored 30 points, like three of the last five games. He was pretty terrible today. I mean, you know, he had like bad first half, good second half. But you Kemba scored 30 in like three of the last four games, and you won what, like one of them? Like, it's, I mean, Marcus Smart oh, was good God, in dude. the in scoring watch today in the first half, but he has had a terrible season. I'm not going to deny it. He's just been awful. And dude, last, he, makes, he makes so many boneheaded plays, man. It's just terrible. Terrible. It's just. I don't know what to say sometimes, man. And you know what? I, I think you and me said it really at the same time. But this team needs a leader. They don't have it. And no offense to Jason Tatum, who I love to death. He's not a leader. He doesn't have the personality to be a leader. You know, he, he just isn't. And that's fine. I mean, a lot of players aren't. Um, but he's kind of a mild you've, – you've, seen it he's kind of a mild-mannered guy he's not yeah. gonna get he's not gonna get very hard on guys that's another thing like he's he's very pragmatic and very like even keeled and you know he doesn't criticize guys post game even after this game he blamed himself and yes he deserves blame but i think everyone agrees he's at the bottom of the blame pie for this season because he's our best player um the truth is, is that it's so many things. It's like, you know, things are going right when things are bouncing your way. The ball's bouncing your way. How many times this season have we seen the ball just not even bounce us out the way? Late in the heat game today, um, I forgot who it was. Was it Kemba that stripped the ball or Fournier? And the ball, the ball gets stripped or smart. And it bounced right to Bam for a layup. And I'm like, yep, there's the season right there. Yeah. Like, there's the season. Like, there it is. I mean, it's just a lifeless team. And I, I, I keep saying to myself, they're going to fix it, but I know they aren't. And It's kind of late now for that, though. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it, they, they, their season was essentially cooked when they won eight of nine games. And then also the Hawks and the Knicks did basically the same thing. And when that happened... They were playing better. I'm not going to deny that, but they just, you know, when you can't get the separation in the standings, it's just not the same. They had a good four-game winning streak, too, before, um, before who is it? Uh, yeah, before the All-Star break, where they got the four seed, um, uh, at, at, and they beat the Clippers without Kawhi. Um, I forgot the other three teams, but uh, Wizards was one of them. Pacers was one of them, and I forgot the – or Toronto. Um, and I get it. We're not the only team that's underachieved this year. If the Lakers lose, they're basically assured to be a playing team too, which is hilarious. But, like – The Knicks The Knicks have more wins than the Lakers. If somebody told you that in the beginning of the year. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like – but at least the Lakers fans, you know, they can say, hey, we won the title last year. And they did. They did. We don't have that thing to say. 
It's been 13 years since we won a championship in this franchise. It doesn't look like we're going to win one anytime soon if we keep this up. Um, but this is just all the everyone's fault. This is arrogance. Everyone is so arrogant. And last year, they can, it, it's like when they have no expectations, it's like they us against great. the world. Us against yeah. the world. You know, it, it's great. It's us against the world. They came out last year, us against the world. No one thinks anything of us. The Sixers fans are clowning us. The Raptors fans are clowning us. The Bucks fans are clowning us. And they came out and drilled teams to start the season. You know? Yeah. Just gangbusters last year. I was like, dude. And I told you, the number one thing I hate is optimism. <laughs> and even <laughs> I was like, and even I was like, like I remember a game we were playing Phoenix on a back-to-back. We didn't have Jalen and we didn't have – we had Kemba. Do we have Hayward? I think we didn't have Hayward and we didn't have Jalen, right? So mm-hmm. it was just Kemba and Tatum. And remember, this is pre-Tatum's, like, leap, you know, that midseason right. leap he had that put us into kind of, like, borderline title contender, a little below that's kind of where that team was. We had right. no We had no Hayward, no Jalen. Miss, missing multiple guys, and more than that, too. I forgot the other guys, but we were in Phoenix on a back-to-back, and uh, playing after playing an overtime game, I think, against the Clippers, or maybe it was the game before. I don't know. But I remember going mm-hmm. to the game. I was talking to you know to my friends. I'm like, we're probably going to lose this game, and that's fine. You know, like, these games happen. We're undermanned. If we win, great, but I'll be shocked. We won that game by 20 points. Like, I, I, at that point, I, I was like, all right. Everything's going right. Like, yeah. Like, like at, at that point, I was like, wow. Okay. This team, you know, the Spurs who own us. Yes, we beat them this year, but come on. We got lucky. Let's be real. We got lucky. Yeah. Tatum had a great game, but we got lucky. Um, it, 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 we beat the Spurs in San Antonio. Christian, we never win in San Antonio. Ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> it never happened. Yeah, yeah. And when yeah. we crushed them in San Antonio, I was like, dude, I know I'm simping so hard for last year's team. I know. <laughs> because they weren't even like a, the finals team. But it's just an unbelievable difference. I don't know what happened. I get it. Hayward's not on the team anymore. But, but dude, had, that, can't, that can't be the reason. I know. The team is we had Ennis Cantor last year. And we're a top five defense. Like... What? Now, dude, now, dude, from an outsider's perspective, from the couple of games I've watched and jinxed you, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, um, so here's the thing. And I think I mentioned this to you. I've mentioned this to you a bunch of times because it's true. And it's that, you know, your window of winning in the NBA is very small at times. And with you guys, you had a really important window where you had Tatum on his rookie contract, Brown on his rookie contract, you had Kyrie, you had Gordon Haywood, you had all these guys, all the talent, and you had all these assets that, like you said, Danny was flaunting, the Celtics were flaunting. Look at all the look at all these assets we have. Look at all the picks we got from Brooklyn and who they turned out to be. Yeah. And what you and what you have and what you have off of all that stuff is a couple of conference finals losses. <laughs> you haven't even got to the finals. And you know, people will talk about people will talk about the great job that uh, OKC has done. Uh, Sam Presti, Sam Presti had Durant, Ibaka, 
Westbrook, Reggie Yeah, they even more than he, we did. He had Steven. He had all these players. How many championships do they have? No, they, they did make the finals once, to be fair. True. But still, you can't rest on you can't rest on I have assets because then yep. because then you fuck yourself. And what I what I think this team desperately you but from an outsider standpoint, I think first of all, to me Brad looks like he's checked out. I mean he's constantly berated the last you know, you sent me the last two uh post game pressers that he said he's basically just shitting on the team and saying it's unacceptable. But they're not responding. It's terrible. Yeah, that's I think it's scary. not good. Listen, I think Brad is a very good coach, but he reminds me a lot of Mark Jackson. Not from not from like the Mark like the crazy Mark Jackson standpoint that he is, but when the Warriors were good, they were good, but they never got to the finals until Steve Kerr came in and took over. I think you guys are at that point where you're good, but you can't get over the hump and you need a new face in there to, you know, maybe liven things up. And I also think you guys have to get rid of Danny Ainge because you know, you sent me the running joke about how he just waits to use the trade exceptions and waits to use picks. You have to be when you have two young stars, which teams don't have. You literally, Tatum is a great player, elite player. Brown is right next to him, and he plays defense. You guys are not not always right, <laughs> not still, this year, right? Okay, but still, you have. I mean, most teams would be dying to have Brown and Tatum as their two best players. Yeah. You guys need to build around them because, like you said, Nick, NBA players are impatient. You don't think Jason Tatum – this is an exaggeration, let's say, but let's say the Suns get to the conference finals next year. You don't think you, you don't think that uh, he might want to go play with his boy, Devin Booker? You know? Yeah, Maybe players Jason are loyal Tatum. until they're not. I mean, I'm, I'm right. worried as hell about I, that. I, I, mean, I mean, hey, Bradley Beal might want to be in D.C. Why wouldn't he call his boy? Hey, why don't you come play with me in D.C.? Like, you don't know. You don't know. So you have to do a good job. I think you guys need a new coach. You need a new owner. Uh, not owner, excuse me. You need a new president. No, we might. No, honestly, like, one thing about Wick Grosbeck, I, one thing mm-hmm. I do like about him mm-hmm. because you don't know about him, and that's a positive. <laughs> like, yeah, right, right. Like Wick, Wick is a small is a small name. He doesn't. He's one of the few non billionaire and one of the few non like. He's one of the lowest net worth owners, um, actually. Uh, but one thing I do like about Wick is that he's not like Dolan and that he's gonna lose his mind after every game. You know, he's definitely right. someone. Uh, and he was apparently super instrumental. He says he was at least in the Nets trade. Uh, so. That I mean, that was good business dealing, good decision making. So, but the problem is, I think there's like I said, there's a lack of accountability. You know, it's just like right. I think Brad needs to be held more responsible. I think Danny needs to help be a way more responsible. Like, absolutely, dude. I mean, listen, this roster stinks, and that's why I'm thinking. I think you guys, like I said, you need Brad needs to go. I think Danny needs to go, and I think everybody on the roster except. Robert Williams, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown need to be possibly moved, and maybe Pritchard and Sneesmith Smith if you want to. No, but honestly, Robert Williams too, because Robert Williams is always hurt. I really love his game. He's great. He's a great fit here. He he he's a game changer when he's on. You know because right, like who can stop someone that has that athleticism and can pass like he can? Like that's that's like not unicorn level, but like it's very unique. 
you know, a shot blocker like him that can block that can pass. Right. But but he's, he's hurt. hurt. He's always hurt. Like you see now this turf toe thing. What if he's out for the season? He could be. He couldn't even finish his games. Like Right. Right. And and you know what? Like similarly to like Mitchell Robinson, like he has you see the talent that he has and the potential, but he's always hurt. But this year, the Knicks who actually you know, I gotta give Leon Rose and and Tibbs props. They built the team pretty well. They got insurance. They got Noel. And they were like, hey, listen, Taj has been in the bowl system before. Let's bring Taj in too, just in case. The fuck, that's a fucking underrated signing that we had in January for Taj because he's been crucial with because Mitch has missed so much time. You guys don't really have like a replacement for a Robert Williams. Tristan Thompson sucks. I'm sorry. Tristan Thompson he's has always such been a trash. Disappointment, man. Tristan, dude, Tristan. The only thing Tristan Thompson is good at two things is cheating and getting <laughs> offensive rebounds. That's it. That is it. And even and even now, he's not really good at offense. He's not even getting rebounds for you guys offensively, is he? Like he, he literally doesn't do anything. Here's his problem. He he like I can't stand every time he puts the ball down in the paint. Like. And how many times that leads to him getting blocked and and getting, you know, and not only that, he's a god-awful free-throw shooter. He's one of the worst free-throw shooters in the NBA, so teams are just going to foul him. And that's the one right. issue with Rob, too, as a player. Rob Williams can't really hit mid-range shots, and, you know, like his free-throw shooting is just terrible. But that, that can be fixed. I hate his form, but it can be fixed. Like, Tristan Thompson for some reason is only good on the West coast. Like whenever we play like on the West coast, he plays like a beast, but like, he's probably got his side hose. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I'm any, sorry. I'm not joking about cheating. Okay. No, <laughs> it's no. Unbelievable. You, it's unbelievable. What a it, game it's just, look, at the, look at the difference when neurons know, like you guys haven't Mitch, 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 Mitchell Robinson much at all. And yet because the neurons are well, no, so well has been and Taj Gibson have been incredible. And Luke Cornett had a decent stretch for us, but let's be real, he's kind of gone back to being Luke Cornett. He's not a bad player, but he's just meh. Yeah. He can't be he cannot be your backup center. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Like he's a third string center and he's a fine third string center. You could do worse than him. Um and, and you fucked. know what else? Next and you, know, you know what's also fucked? We cut Mo Wagner, who was horrible, horrible for us. Signed Jabari, and Jabari has barely played. And when he and he came in, was pretty good. Then started sucking on defense. That was that. We pulled the plug on him. Then we put him in after all these games. It's like we talk about experimenting late in the season. Why are we experimenting? You know, like yeah, now is not the time to do that. You know your rotation. Like if you're not gonna play, if you're not gonna play Jabari Parker, what was the point of signing him? Right. And, you know, that's another thing, too, is I think that's, like, also an indictment on Brad, though. Like, I don't want to compare it back to the Knicks, but look at Tibbs. Wait, you know who's playing when everybody's healthy. And even when people are injured, like, you'll get the occasional Frank or Kevin Knox, like, minutes if somebody's hurt. But it's it's a solid 9 to 10 guys that play. He doesn't play anybody else. It's not 13 or 14 or he doesn't, like, switch it up if somebody's sucking. He sticks to his guys, which I think gives your players confidence that, like, hey, the coach trusts me. I feel like I feel like I don't know, you know, like you, like today he was um, Brad put in Carson Edwards because Peyton Pritchard was playing bad. Oh like, dude, has God. Carson Edwards has Carson Edwards even played? Uh, 
And dude, Nick, I also want to mention something. Getting back to like the Celtics being okay, cocky, like with the Tristan Thompson thing, he said, you know, how he said, you know, like when we get to the playoffs, we'll be good. Now listen, they interviewed Derrick Rose after the Memphis game, and he said, hey, we're gonna we're gonna be like we're gonna have really good success in the playoffs. Is basically what he said. The difference between like what D Rose saying that and Thompson is like that was after the Knicks had won a couple of games. They were looking like they were going to be in the playoffs, and I think they actually do believe that they can win. I just feel like Tristan Thompson saying that it's bad because I know it sucks. sucks. We don't <laughs> have LeBron. Are, are, are you even gonna? Are you even gonna make the playoffs? That's the ultimate thing. No. You know what? You guys are, you guys here's are like the, the here, about, Here's the positives with the plan here, right? Yeah. Either they make the playoffs and hopefully get the Bucks. For some reason, the Bucks are the one team they're like. Oh, yeah, we have to play hard, play as a team, play defense. They, they should have swept the Bucks. Okay, that's not fair to say because they banked in a three to beat them the first time. But, mm-hmm. like, they were beating them by 20 most of that game. They just choked the lead, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and the second game was kind of an, just they were down 20 and they came back. But even that, they still had a wide open three that would have won the game and Tice missed it. And that was his last shot as a Celtic. But, but, um, the the game after, first game after the deadline, team looked like a different team. You know, came in, right? Came in. No, Fournier didn't play. Remember, you had that fucking false positive, and then there's a real positive. But they were so energized, and and it's. It, they they look so energized, and I was like, wow, maybe that shakeup is what this team needed. And then they kind of had that great stretch. Or they had a, kind of a bad stretch. Uh, was it great stretch or bad? Great stretch. I think that was the start of the 8 of 9, but I could be wrong. But it was around there. And since then, since they've won 8 of 9, since they lost to the Bulls at home without Smart and Kemba, without Levine, this team has been gone right back to what they were since the beginning of the season. Now, I want—I forgot to make this point about the beginning of the season. I wanted to make this point, too. The Celtics were the one seed after 11 games, which is insane to think about, but they were. They were 8-3. and three. They were at the top of the East. I think this was going to happen eventually, regardless if Tatum had gotten COVID or not. The supporting cast would be exposed. Mm-hmm. Because, let's be real, during that stretch... Peyton Pritchard was playing like an all-star. Like, he was everything Gordon Hayward was and more. Shemi Ojale was playable. He was, like, making open threes, playing defense. That shit wasn't going to continue. And then Kemba, I mean, like, listen, dude. The Kemba discussion is tough for me. It is, because I agree he's not a great fit on this team anymore. But he's also shown... At times, at times, he's inconsistent at times to be what he was, you know, put up 30 points, play like an all-star. That Bulls game, he was outside of Fournier, literally the only other, the only players that showed up. You want to know what, man? Here's what, Aaron Neesmith, everyone was dumping on him earlier in the season, and I don't blame you. He played like garbage. But he barely played, though, didn't he? Yeah, but he struggled when he was in. But, like, Aaron Neesmith, when the minute he's got confidence, you can see what he can be. You know, he's a knockdown shooter at times who's got long arms, plays defense, and 
and does something no one else on this team does, including Marcus Smart, which is an MO, and that is he plays hard. He plays hard. And I listen, I understand Tatum and Brown have a way bigger workload this year. Same with Smart, same with Kemba. But even for those guys, their effort has not been good enough on defense. They have dogged it so many possessions. I And the thing that kills me more than anything, Christian, I was telling you this in the Knicks game, actually, the amount of times they help one pass away to leave an open three-point shooter kills oh, me. It never happened last year. I don't get it. Like, why do they do it so many times? It's just talking. Just, hey, I got your man. Hey, hey, here you go. Here we go. Here we go. And you talk about inconsistent rotations. Oh, my God. Carson Edwards. They had, no offense. He didn't even play that badly, apparently. I didn't watch most of the game today. But we cut the lead to 12. Why is Carson Edwards coming into the game? Like, I, God. why? Like, what explanation is there for and and I heard the first play he was in, he gave up a wide open three to Duncan Robinson. Like I don't know yeah, that I'm at a loss for words. I I You know you know what I, I've said this to you before too, Nick. You guys are the 2013, 2014 Knicks. Yeah. We, we are no you had a lot of potential. The season started out absolutely horrific and horrendous. Well, no, 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 well, no, no. Because our season started off well, but I would say the middle of the season has been basically the same. Yeah. Yeah, but what that that Knicks team won like twelve games in a row to end the season, but missed the playoffs by a game because they set themselves so far back. I don't know if you guys are going to be able to come back. We do that in game, though. How many times have I told you we're they down? Back. We're down yeah. twenty points in the second quarter. Like unacceptable, unacceptable in the biggest game of the season, the biggest fucking game, the biggest game. They are facing a Miami team that is underachieved just as much as they have this season. Well, Miami cared. <laughs> That's how it was. They fucking cared. They cared. They scored 79 points. The Celtics, since Brad Stevens has taken over, have been a top six three-point defense in every season. And in the last 37 games, that stat I share with you, they are 20 fucking eighth. It's crazy, dude. 28. How many threes have this team given up that are just just wide open? And it's gotten me to a point. I'm such a diehard fan. You know that, you know? Yes. I care about this sport more than others, which is a stupid decision on my part. But <laughs> uh, we all we're all down that road, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but but I am questioning whether to watch the rest of this season. I probably will, with absolutely zero expectations. You know, like I'm at the point where I expect them to lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I am at that point. You know, that's another thing that's crazy about this team. This is another thing that's crazy. You know how the game is going to go in the first After fucking the first quarter. Yeah. Like, 
I remember I saw your text at lunch, Christian. I did. I couldn't respond because I'm with my family, but I saw him. And I remember seeing the score and just being like, game over. <laughs> I was like, they're down 21 to 12. They're down 14 to 8. It's over. Oh, um, yeah. And, and, dude, the way the game started, I was like, they're, you guys aren't winning. You were missing open threes, leaving Miami open for shots. I was like, yeah, they're not winning this game. <laughs> I don't understand what it is, and I do at the same time, you know? I've never seen a team that looks like they can't. And the thing is, 18-19, at least with eight, isn't as heartbreaking, per se, as 18-19? No, because 18-19, I think everyone thought that team was going to the finals. You know, like, everyone thought, how the, how the fuck are you going to beat Kyrie Hayward, Tatum Brown, and Horford as a starting lineup? Yeah, and then you got Rozier and Morris coming off the bench. God damn. Yeah, like the talent level on that team that year. I blame Danny Moore for not cleaning up the roster, but I say that year was more on Brad because he couldn't get that team to figure it out, and on Kyrie Irving for not being a leader and basically having one foot out the door the whole season. But yeah, fuck you, Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, what Kyrie? You could argue. I mean, he left. He wasn't. He never said this, but. There is an arrogance to this franchise. And last year just proved they just thought, okay, we'll be fine. You know, they, you know, Kyrie's gone. Everything's okay. And now you can see the vibes are back. You know, the good vibes that we had two years ago, they're back. Um, it, it's just this it's season, frustrating, dude. This it's, season, it's frustrating. This season has just proved – that will can't go wrong well, and I doubt there's going to be a fix for this year. It's a shame. It really is. You know, this team, it has potential to be, I think, not a championship team, but like conference finals. You know, that's what I was hoping for early in the year. I didn't think they were going to be Brooklyn or Milwaukee. or I didn't think Philly was going to be this good, but if I knew, then yeah, Philly. Um, there's no, I'm just gonna say, there's no excuse for this team to not be fourth place. I mean, they, they, there's no excuse. They, they, uh, no offense to the Knicks, the Hawks, or the Heat. They have more talent than, maybe not the Heat, but the Knicks and the Hawks for sure. They definitely have more right. talent than both those teams. I mean, like you said, who, who wouldn't want Brown and Tatum as their two best players? Like, that is almost as good as you can get. You know, like, but I think this is just a bad culture, and I don't know what's going to fix it. Maybe just the end of the season and everybody being, like, decompressed and away from each other. This is going to be a tough offseason for this team because you got to make some hard decisions. I think, Christian, I think you would agree with me. If Fournier keeps this up, you have to keep him. You have to. You have to do what it takes. He's clearly a really good fit here. Um, yeah. He's really your best bench production. Yeah, exactly. He's a guy that just does his job, doesn't complain about his role, it seems. You know, good teammate. He's a good fit here. I still like the move. I, I think I think it was a good move. I, I was a little underwhelmed at the time. But he's shown me, you know, he can be a real difference maker in uh, some games. Um 
I think, I think Kemba. I think Kemba and Smart has to go. I'm sorry. I, I think I, at I think, least one of them will be gone next year, and I think it's more likely it's going to be Kemba because I think the franchise really loves Smart because he's had some incredible highs on this team. I keep mentioning it: really high highs, really low lows uh, with Marcus Smart. But let's just keep it facts, dude. He's been shit this season. He's been awful, and I know a lot of that has to do with he had a really bad injury. But this is just unacceptable. You know, like, he was supposed to be what he was last year, which is a defensive force. You know, he's not any this year. He's just not. Our defense wouldn't be this bad if he wasn't a, a defensive force. And how many just god-awful shots and turnovers does he have? Like, too many to count. He's the Shaqton King right now. Yeah, like. In that Nets game, that pass he threw away, it was funny, but I was also pissed. I was like, how can But you, you know what's crazy? He was yelling at Kemba and uh, the other guy who was standing up because they were standing up. It's like, dude, you got to be aware of the fucking court. Come on. You can't be yelling yeah. at teammates who are standing up. That's like, unacceptable. You're right about that. And with so, our salary cap the way it is, it's more likely Kemba's move, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe it's just... You guys, it, dude, you guys need a real... I don't want to say rebuild... You guys need to retool this roster completely. Like, yeah, Absolutely. like I, I don't think it totally needs to be changed like drastically. Because like no, I, no, I no. Get... you keep the core, you keep the core young guys. Like, like look at what Philly's improvement this year. Like yeah. they didn't. What did they? They made two big changes roster wise. They got Seth Curry. They got Danny Green. That's it. That was really the only two moves that the were. Doc. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Doc came in. Now, listen. Now they're going to blow a 3-1 lead. Yeah, it's still Doc, and it's still Philly. Uh, by the way, wouldn't it be insane if, let's say, the Celtics, like, let's say Philly's won, right? Let's say mm-hmm. the Celtics lose their first playing game and win the second, so they're playing Philly in round one in the exact opposite circumstances as last year. It would be crazy. Oh, you guys are going to get destroyed by them. <laughs> yeah, no, we have Christian no Thompson. answer for Embiid this year. None. And Matisse Thibault is a very underrated defender. <laughs> Yeah, well, we kind of we kind of cooked him last year in the playoffs. He he, he kind of got exposed, but I, I mean, he's been better this year. It, it just sometimes. But, you know what else, but Nick, you know what else the problem with this team is, and I've mentioned this before. It's like you guys are really missing like a true point guard, like a Rondo. Like, like look 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 at what look at what CP look at what Derrick Rose and what Rondo have done for their respective teams. You guys really are like a chicken without a head on the offense sometimes, and it's just like. You pass the ball to Tatum, he does the step back three. You pass the ball to Brown, dribble shot. You pass the ball to Campbell, comes off a pick, shoots. There's no ball movement or fluidity with your roster. There's no like movement on the offensive yeah. end, and it's frustrating. Did you see that stat the Celtics had where if they have 25 or more assists, they're like 25 and 10, and or 25 and 8, and if they have less than that, they basically have won zero games. Like. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it kind of says it all. And you know what? I know a lot of people are mad about us shooting a lot of three-pointers, and that has something to do with it because our shooters are not consistent at all. But I think a lot of leagues doing that, and we are shooting way too many mid-range shots early on, so I had no problems with that. Uh, not that I have no problems with it. Like, in the OKC game, we were 9 for 41 from three, and we still kept shooting them. And I was like, dude – Go to the basket. They have no shot blocking at all. And we did that for like five minutes. 
and it worked. And I'm like, wow, it's almost like you should do that. And it's almost, you know, like, man, I'm just exhausted with this team. I'm just, it, it's just exhausting watching them do the same shit over and over post game say, well, oh snap, we'll figure it out. No, we're pa- no, I, it's too late. I, it's I want for that. I want one person, one person on this team to just say flat out post game, we aren't good enough. This is unacceptable from everyone. If we don't turn around soon, we're going to be toast. Send some warning sign. And Brad has done that, but I do question. But they're that. not responding to him. I do question at times if the players have tuned him out. And and, and you, maybe you don't, dude, Nick. You know what I think it is. I think when that rumor came out about the Indiana job, he might have he might have lost the roster then, dude. Well, not necessarily because they had that eight of nine stretch, and Tatum and Brown have gone on and on about how much they love him. That's the thing. I think the problem with Brad, though, is that, like we said, he puts so much trust in his players, and that's not always a bad thing. You know, players will like you if you do that because right. it means you care. But. I mean, it, it, it's hard not to imagine that some of it is happening if they're down 79 to 53 after the first half and the most important game of the season. And, and I swear to God, I swear to God, if Tristan Thompson says one more time, the regular season doesn't matter, I'm going to lose it. Like <laughs> okay, but here's the thing: Tristan Thompson's such a fucking idiot, dude. Here's the thing: hypothetically speaking, let's say you guys are the seventh seed in the play-in. You're gonna play Charlotte, let's say. They're probably gonna get Gordon Haywood back, maybe. Let's say you lose that game. Good. Wait, 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 wait. Let's say you lose that game. Okay, you have a second chance. You gotta play the Wizards in the next game. <laughs> You're not beating Washington. <laughs> no way with Bradley Beal the way he's playing. You guys are going to be out, and you might need this. I think you guys need to just lose in the play-in. Maybe. That will be, and get the that will 14th be the smack pick. in the face. That will be, no, that will be the smack in the face to the organization saying, holy fuck, we have two of the youngest and best players in the league, and we even get to the fucking playoffs in the Eastern Conference when the Knicks and the <laughs> Hawks are the 4-5 when they have shittier rosters. That is the thing you guys need. You need a smack in the face because it seems like I. It seems like you guys just are are resting off of the fact that like we went to four Eastern Conference Finals. That's unacceptable. You haven't been to the finals. You haven't won in the finals. It's it's really. It, man. It's just a bad culture. It's the opposite of the Knicks culture right now, and that is. I, I really believe so many guys on this team just think, yeah, we'll be fine in the playoffs. They really believe that. And but I you think. You gotta get to the playoffs. I know. <laughs> and listen, dude, I, it, remember what I told you with 10 games left when they're like, Celtics have the easiest schedule. And you're like, they're gonna be, you know, they're gonna pass us. And I keep telling you, this is a bad thing. This is not a good thing. They constantly lose to teams worse than them in good yeah. circumstances. They have always played their best. When everything is going against them, you know, like, because then they're like, oh, we have to try. That first game against the Bucs out of the trade deadline, they were like eight-point dogs. They killed them. Like, they came out like gangbusters. 
Giannis mm-hmm. had nothing the entire game. Like, we shut him down. I was like, where has this been all season? Like, it's absolutely unacceptable. It's like, they, they make their, they, I saw the stat, they started like one for 10 from three. Mm-hmm. It feels like when they're, feels like when that happens, like, oh, well. Pack it up. Pack it up. Game over. Then they come out in the half like, oh, wait, we could try. And they cut the lead from like 26 to 12. And it's like, where was this? You know, this is literally just effort, pride, caring. There are no more excuses or explanations. They're a bad team. They're a bad team. And you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. They're front runners. They're a bad team with a front running mentality. They believe they've earned it. They haven't. Um, you guys are Jay Crowder to Julius Randle. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but Jay Crowder's team. You know what? You know what? Jay Crowder's team is a good team. Our team is not. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there have been teams like this before. This is not the first time. Including 1890 Celtics. They were very similar to this. That team just had more talent than this one. Um, I don't know what to do. I, I really don't know what this franchise is going to do in the offseason. But they got to change something. I mean, what they have now is not good enough. And... I, I do agree. My brothers and I were talking about this the other day. I'm like, I do think next year they're going to be a lot better than this because they're people are going to start to doubt them again, and that's exactly what they need, you know. But right, it's just a team that, for the second time in three seasons, I'm just despondent. And I told you, it's so bad that, like, basketball-wise, I almost want to go back to the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> and that's so fucked up to say. But, like, basketball-wise, not obviously life-wise, but, like, when the season ended, I we had a, a bit of a bad stretch there. But we were still the three seed. We had hope. You know. That, that we, so long ago. Yeah, we believed. I believed in that team. I said that if they just regain what they had, and they did in the playoffs, it's very feasible. It's like you told me, you don't want to be a team, we'll be good if, it's we'll be good when, you know? Right. And you know what, Nick? That's that's the thing that I want, to br- I want to bring it back to the Knicks. Like, you hear Randall talking, you hear RJ talking, you hear Derek talking. They're saying when we make the playoffs. They, they believe. They fucking believe. You guys don't. <laughs> Yeah, they do. They like Evan Fournier had a quote after the game. Let me see if I can find this. Where he talked about the number one issue starting games and how we don't have physicality and all that stuff. And it's just, it's just so basically since that Knicks game. For a little bit, we both both our teams were going up. Then we went back down, and you guys just kept going up, you know. And you guys were Dogecoin, and we were—I don't know—we were 
we were Nick's belief in optimism. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, 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 I just, man, I don't know what the culture thing. I know. For, I'm briefly before we go. I want to talk about the coach and GM thing. Because I think that's the most important thing about the off season. I don't think Brad's going to get fired. I don't think they're going to hold this season against them because of the COVID thing. And yeah, we've had by far the most, there's a graph. We've had by far the most COVID absences. That shit is just bad luck, right? Yes. I, I agree. It's never one thing with a season like this. You know, someone said this season is kind of like the uh, 2012, 13 Lakers. I don't know if I'd go that far because that Lakers team was like a championship contender on paper. Yeah. But, like, they, they had similar vibes to this team. I would agree with that. Um, but it's never one thing. And I agree. Yeah, health-wise, they've been screwed. I mean, how many players on this roster have gotten COVID? I mean, let me just – I'm going to read the roster. Tatum, Brown. Brown did not yet. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. But, but he, he got a knee injury. So yeah, exactly. I mean, we can go through every player on the roster that's had a health issue. Jason Tatum has had health, uh, has been, you know, he missed some games with COVID. Uh, Peyton Pritchard had the MCL sprain. Kemba Walker's obviously had his issues, issues with his knee. And he had the oblique strain. Time Lord has had plenty of problems. Grant Williams sucks. Who cares? Uh, Tremont Waters sucks. Who cares? Jabari Parker has been here like five games. Shemi Ojale, who cares? He sucks. Uh, Aaron Neesmith. No, nah, he hasn't really had any yet. But he, no, he, 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 he puts himself in harm's way when he plays hard. I'll say that. Romeo Lankford, this is how you knew the season was fucked. He was slayed to come back after the All Star break, and then he got COVID, like <laughs> after missing months to a to a wrist injury. Luke Cornett has been here like five games. Evan Fournier got COVID. Taco Fall, I mean, he's funny, but let's be real, he's not a very good player. Carson Edwards sucks. Jalen Brown has had knee issues. He's had ankle issues. He's had all these issues. There's just sign after sign after sign that this team is just not going to work. I mean, to me, the one that officially put me in that point was when we were playing the, the Trailblazers. And like I told you at the time, it wasn't a bad loss. It didn't feel like a bad loss, you know, because they the Portland play well. But we lost the game because of a defensive breakdown. And then 20 seconds later, Brown and Tatum run into each other. Brown is still out, and he missed this game today. Like, it's, it's, uh And the best quote of the year I heard from you, when you called me after the Oklahoma City loss, you were like, Christian, you know what I like about Luke Cornet? He's not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that Dude. sums up the Celtic season in a, in a in a nutshell, finding Luke ways Cornette, to lose. Yeah, Luke Cornette is the only player besides maybe Tatum and Brown and Campbell who's not an idiot on this roster. <laughs> I mean, man, listen, like I said, I, I watched the first quarter or about the first like 10, maybe like eight to 10 minutes of it, and I was annoyed. I was like, <laughs> I can't watch this. They stink. No effort, no energy, lazy play. Unacceptable, man. Absolutely In unacceptable. the biggest game of the season. Like, and you know what? You could argue before this game, the Bulls game was a pretty, it was the biggest game of the season, and they came out fucking flat in that one, too. Yeah, if it weren't for Kemba and Fournier shooting lights out in the beginning of that game, they would have been down. But then once they cooled off, oh, yeah, no one, and 
And, you know, I just don't know what the fix is, even though I'm sure it's there. I'm sure it's something. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you we've done the hard part. We have two all-stars that are extremely young still. I did, It's the roster around them. Danny failed. I mean, if, if we had Fournier from day one, we probably would be fifth, right? Like maybe fifth or so. Because he has made us a little right. better. Um, if we had... Who else? Who would go down the roster? Now, who else did we get? Um, Jabari. <laughs> Jabari. Yeah, Jabari. I mean, he sucks on defense. I get it. But we play Grant Williams in games like this. And not only that, here's another thing with Grant Williams, right? No, he's so bad you can't play him at the four. You gotta play him at the five. He he's like six six and he was decent undersized five last year, but he doesn't have that same toughness. All he does now is he puts his arms up, he gets bullied, gets scored on. He guarded one big man well this year. You wanna know who that was? Actually two. Um Nikola Jokic for like three possessions somehow. And Julius Randle. I couldn't believe Julius Randle wasn't just going through him. Like, like it was nothing. I was like, "You're gonna let Grant Williams stop you?" Like, yeah, we were going through our, we were going through our stretch where we were like one and four, so we were struggling to figure it out. We needed that game against you guys, though. Then, like, it was like a smack in the face to us, and I don't know what the fuck happened. We won like twelve in a row. Points, man. Uh, yeah, we can end this here. I just, I don't know what the fix is for this team. It's gonna be a long I, I, and tedious offseason for you guys, definitely. I it, it's gonna be a long one. Now, honestly, they need it because they haven't really had an offseason for a few years now. I mean, we had the shortened one, and then the year before we had um we had the shortened offseason, and then the year before we had uh the team USA, which was oh, yeah. which was worth it. That was a great start to the season, even though Tatum sprained his ankle. And we were all shitting ourselves when that happened. Mm-hmm. That got us the chemistry with Kemba, you know. And I remember seeing all the good vibes there. And it just felt like I said, that season, I just kind of felt differently. I'm like, this season's going to be good, I feel like. I feel like we're going to be fun. I didn't think we were going to be as good as we were. But I'm like, we're going to be fun team to watch. And this year. <laughs> well, the Olympics... Don't forget the Olympics are on. So oh maybe God, Tatum, Tatum is going to do the Tatum is going to do the Olympics, isn't he? Oh, he's going to get recruited. They're going to do uh, buy another team. We're going to lose him. Pain, 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 pain. You got lapped by the Brooklyn Nets, who you made that trade with, Danny. Good fucking job. Good job. You did. You know, Paul was here. He'd be. He'd be. Rubbing it in so hard right now, dude. I know. I'm happy he's not. I hope Paul is having a great Mother's Day. <sighs> showing up at my note. biggest hate. Showing up at my bigger biggest haters funeral to make sure he was dead. <laughs> uh, I I I don't know anymore, but. I've I I've ne- I've never been at I I don't think I've ever hated a team this much since the year we lost to you guys in the playoffs. 
the 2012. But at least that team had won a championship just five years earlier. Or is it four? I forgot which. And was just old. You know? Yeah, yeah. They were just old. That's the all it was. on the wall. The yeah, it's the like wall. they were just an old team that had run out of time. All right. Sucks, but rebuild time. Right? This mm-hmm. year, I, it reminds me actually of 2003 when we made the conference finals out of nowhere in 2002 and lost to the New Jersey Nets. And the next year, we had high expectations, and we played the Pacers in round one as the sixth seed because we underachieved. We actually won that series, ended up getting swept by the Nets in round two, but it was that kind of feeling of a season. This, though, like I have no confidence they're going to even get to the sixty, let alone get to round two. I mean, this is a first-round exit. You know, are you even, even going to get into the playoffs? We may not, dude. And honestly, yeah, like honestly, in some ways, if they got knocked out of the plan, I wouldn't even be mad. We get a lottery pick. You know, like who knows? Maybe Silver will throw some bullshit our way and get we'll get like a top ten pick. We got a top three pick, man. I mean, this season is a success. We basically tanked. <laughs> it's not going to happen, but, man, I don't know. This is a despondent, depressing, rudderless ship that luckily has two all-stars kind of keeping it up, but is very perishly. They're, they're about to jump off the boat, man. <laughs> I mean, this season, at least, yeah. I mean... I love how we spent 20 minutes on the Knicks and then spent an hour talking about how bad the Celtics are. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, you know, there's really not much to talk. I mean, there's not really much to talk about the Knicks, man. We're just good. Like, yep. we're, we're a fun team. And like I said, I, it, I mean, I want to cry at how good they are. Like, they make me so happy. I don't care if we get blown out in the playoffs. But it's just an ultimately successful season, in my opinion. And it's just fun and refreshing to see good basketball being played in New York with all the players that we have. I will say... Seeing all, uh, I see. I see a bunch of Celtics fans becoming fans of other teams, at least for this year. Maybe like, I'm like, all right, you guys are weak. And like, I saw one like, oh, I'm a Clippers fan now. I'm like, well, you deserve to oh lose then today, God, dude. Like, I, it's one thing as a Knicks fan doing that. I still don't approve of it anyway. But like, is there if if there's a team you can root for, that's fine. You have to be a fan of them. Like, like I'm gonna root for per se when the Celtics have presumably get knocked out. Uh, probably Phoenix because I really like Phoenix and the yeah, way they they're play. They're so good. Yeah, oh like I God. really enjoy watching them. They're just such a good style of play, and and I love Chris Paul. I I I know he gets under people's skin, but he's one of my favorite players of all time. I just love watching him play. He, he just changed the. He's changed their. He's, he's a one man rebuild, oh, and unbelievable. Uh, hey, sometimes I wonder. You know, should the Celtics have? call i don't think they would have done it but i mean they got two first round picks from the suns i guess at the time that was probably considered more valuable than the celtics ones but trading kemba for chris paul i guess it would have been a risk i guess plus one issue about trading kemba i will say is that tatum loves him but i mean i don't know i just uh, 
Just get rid of the dead weight from this roster. There's so much dead weight. I swear to God, Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards against the Miami Heat. We are at that point. (laughs) Were you going to say something about wanting to root for the Knicks? (laughs) Yeah, I enjoy watching your team. My dad loves your team. My dad loves watching your team. And I'm like, yeah, like I can't blame them. Like I enjoy watching them play. I'll root for you guys versus the Hawks. I don't care about the Hawks. And they have an arrogant fan base from what I've seen. All five of them, but <laughs> but um, I mean, literally oh, Al Horford no. left that team because they had no fans apparently. But they like that was a huge reason. But I mean, I'm mad. Night and day, though, it's crazy. Pain. All right, we'll end the podcast on that. Just that one word, pain. Christian's like, I want to cry. The six team is so good. They bring me so much joy. Me, I'm sitting here lying on my bed thinking about the fact that we gave up 79 points to a Miami Heat team in the biggest game of the season at home. At home! At Hello, home. darkness, my own friend. This Celtics team is going gonna, is gonna to be the end. In the words of Hockey YouTuber Steve Dangle, when he talks about the Toronto Maple Leafs, this team is ruining my life. That is literally my Tinder bio now. It's part of my Tinder bio is the Boston Celtics are ruining my life. <laughs> All right. One on that. For the BX Basketball Podcast, I'm Nick Englander here with... Christian <laughs> Thanks for listening.